Hey guys, what's up? For the latest HodgePod, we have two segments. First segment is a director spotlight on filmmaker Bobcat Goldthwait. We cover the 2013 film Willow Creek and also the 2006 film Sleeping Dogs Lie. This is a choice from Eric Holmes and he talks about why he's a fan of Bobcat Goldthwait's movies. So those movies currently, I believe, we saw those movies, I, I saw the both movies on Tubi. They're streaming on Tubi. They're very, very interesting works from Goldthwait. And yeah, we have a little bit of a discussion about that. And also for our second segment, we have Eric Holmes interviewing Aik Karapetian. He's the director behind a film called Squeal, a movie, a horror thriller that or black comedy that all three of us over at Find Your Film really enjoyed. It's currently in select theaters, but you can actually get it on demand as well um, via just different outlets. We will have an Amazon link on our show notes where you can actually get it. But again, Squeal, a.k.a. Samuel's Travels, is highly recommended from all three of us. So I'm going to cough. Hold on one second. <clears throat> and also, as well, if you're really in the mood or um, are unfamiliar with the works of Bobcat Goldthwait, please check out Willow Creek. And yeah, Willow Creek is really good. And of course, Sleeping Dogs Lie, which I really... Yeah, Sleeping Dogs Like Lie is, it seems, it looks like a romantic, indie romantic comedy, but it goes so many different directions. And I really like the way that movie just, yeah, how, how the movie played out. And we talk about it over on the Director Spotlight. All right, guys, thanks for listening to us on Find Your Films. All right, fine. Why am I saying Find Your Films? On Find Your Film, if you want some entertainment information, go to our website, findyourfilm.com. And thanks again. Have a great week and talk, talk to you guys soon. Bye bye. All right, guys. So for our hodgepod, this is a director spotlight. We had a lot of stuff to go with our for our weekly find your film episode, but now we have two films from Bobcat, Goldthwait, Eric Holmes. These movies are Willow Creek and Sleeping Dogs Lie. My question to you, first off, why Bobcat for your choice this week for director spotlight, and why these two films? Uh well, he's really good at uh, taking interesting stories and characters. And doing things with them that you wouldn't normally think. Uh, Sleeping Dogs Lie um, is about a uh, a woman that you know in her college days was sitting at home, decided, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna blow my dog, oral sex with a dog, and you think that uh, that set up like ah oh, ha ha, you know it's a it's a you know a sophomoric comedy. And it kind of is sometimes, but the heart of the movie doesn't go there. Um, it's not about, haha, you had oral sex with a dog. It's um, It becomes a different, it's not the movie you think of going to, it, it becomes a movie about um, kind of mistakes we make and uh, how our past haunts us. Um, and then you have Willow Creek, which is, I mean, the the reason I picked Willow Creek is because that's a lot different than uh, Bobcat's other movies. Um, you know, he has Shakes a Clown, which uh, deals with substance abuse. Uh, you have World's Greatest Dad, which uh, just deals with, um, you know, just a family dynamic with a son that's, a, you know, had died and just kind of uh, misrepresenting himself and his uh, kid, who's admittedly an asshole. <laughs> And uh, Willow Creek's just uh, kind of a Blair Witch kind of uh, movie. I think Willow Creek of his movies, that one's my least favorite um, because, you know, it, it's basically just uh, Blair Witch, but with Bigfoot. Um, it, it still does great character work, but the story's not there. And I kind of, uh, I, 
one of the things I love about Bobcat's movies is where he goes with the stories. And so, yeah. But he, he's a he's a great storyteller. He's a great filmmaker. Um, and he does a Sydney Lament thing where he's uh, it seems that everything in the movie is on the page. And so as far as um, any camera work, uh, he just kind of gets out of the way and just lets the scenes play out how they need to to be the most effective without turning attention to themselves. And yeah, and he's a good writer. And yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, Bobcat Goldthwait, I'm looking at IMDb, he has over 113 acting credits. He's high, And he's obviously, his, his, during his early years, just even the stand-up comedy, the acting, the directing. Bruce, what stands out for you regarding Bobcat Goldthwait as a filmmaker for this week's uh, Spotlight? Kind of exactly the same sort of things that Eric's calling out. I think it's in most of the movies I've seen of his, which I don't think I've, I think I've, think I've seen most of them, he takes an idea that seems really kind of simplistic or even like a one-liner and then he does something more interesting with it he usually uh he gives it more heart or he gives it more depth than you'd expect there to be in there and i think a lot of that is also kind of just in line with him as a person like bobcat as you know his character as a comedian as a you know ongoing character in what police academy movies people kind of think of him as one thing too and like his movies He's a lot more than that. So I think that it, it kind of mirrors in a way his own personal relationship with his the people that have come to know him a little more deeply as well. All right. So let's start off with Willow Creek. And there's a reason why I'm starting off with Willow Creek, uh, 2013, 80 minutes. Eric, you said this was your least favorite out of um, his his body of work, but you still liked Willow Creek, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, yeah, and here's the IMDb summary. A man and his girlfriend camp in the woods to capture firsthand evidence of Bigfoot. It's directed and penned by Bobcat Goldthwait. The leads are Alexi Gilmore. She plays this woman named Kelly. And the her boyfriend is Jim, played by Bryce Johnson. We'll be talking about Bryce Johnson as well for the other movie. So Jim, played by Bryce Johnson. Kelly, played by Alexi Gilmore. A big part of this movie is them in the car going from place to place around this area of Willow Creek trying to search for Bigfoot and capture just pretty much they're doing their own little little fly by night documentary on this whole legend of Bigfoot and they get they get to meet various locals they go to the what is it the Bigfoot diner I believe and I think for me personally a lot of the value add is the fact that I had no idea that this whole area existed in this, this whole section of like the, the motel or the hotel. And I think this will, will really appeal to people who are into the legend of Bigfoot. I, I think a lot of people will enjoy it. I think for me as I guess, would you call this sort of in a way, a little bit of a found footage kind of movie? It had, I mean, it's, de- it's definitely that. Right. So it had a little bit of that, but I, I found it to be completely entertaining. I, as an indie project, I thought it was good because it's really this movie's made for probably not that much money, and I, I really enjoyed what Bobcat was able to do with a limited budget, and I thought it was fun, and I like the ending. The ending, was, the ending is pretty terrifying. Um, Bruce, your thoughts on Willow Creek? Uh, very similar. I I had seen it when it originally came out. Remember thinking it was it was fine, and watching it again this time, I enjoyed it a little more. Surprisingly, I didn't think I would, but I did. And a couple of things that really kind of stuck out to me: one is it's pretty much shot in all the locations it's supposed to be 
taking place in. Like if you look it up on a map, these places all exist. They are the places they say they are. They're shooting in the places they say they're shooting. They are near the site of the actual famous Bigfoot footage. So all that stuff is real, which kind of gives it a a a, a level of, of reality that kind of is above and beyond what he has to do with this movie. He could have shot it, you know, anywhere with woods. And uh, he says right out front that he was kind of going with the Blair Witch idea. He's not trying to hide that. And uh, I had written in my notes, Blair Witch meets Grizzly Man, which what is the two movies that he was <laughs> thinking about when he made this was Blair Witch and Grizzly Man. Uh, a lot of, from what I read, a lot of the the stuff that the actors did, a fair amount of it was ad-libbed and a fair amount of it was just them riffing off each other. And one thing that kind of stuck out to me the second time watching it was there's an extended scene at night with them in his tent where mm-hmm. you're literally just staring at them at their faces as they're inside the tent. And surprisingly, it's really simple and really effective. And apparently when they were shooting that, they were really out in the middle of the woods and they were just told to film. They did not know what was going to happen around them. So they were absolutely unaware of what was going to occur or what wasn't going to occur. So all of their reactions, I mean, they knew it was the filmmakers doing stuff, but their their reactions were relatively spontaneous, and I thought that was pretty cool too. But yeah, I think it's it's a, a fun, effective, uh, tight little found footage movie. Yeah, with uh, just flashes of verite filmmaking, mm-hmm. and again, it's if you like that genre, you're gonna you're going to appreciate this film. Eric, your thoughts? Yeah, on- I, I also liked uh, how in this movie they kind of capture the uh, you know anytime someone's into uh, uh, like I I know. I know I, crystals are crazy. I don't yeah. believe it either, yeah. but you know, I used it and it cured my cancer. So bleh. it's got a lot of that. Um, the, the idea of believing in Bigfoot or any, like I, I love cryptids. I don't believe for a second that they exist um, until there's uh, evidence to prove otherwise. And uh, you know, someone hearing something in the woods sounded like something in the woods. Yeah. Like maybe a bear or a fucking squirrel or, you know, there's millions of things in the woods. Um, but it, it kind of captured that uh, apologetics that go with uh, believing, um, you know, things uh, to to which you probably shouldn't uh, with, you know, believing things without good evidence. Um, I, I guess where uh, the, I guess where I'm most disappointed in is that the movie kind of, uh, you know, and it's a, it's, it's, it's a horror movie, so you can't fault it too much, but the, the movie almost says that, yeah, the crazy people are right. You know, it, it almost backs up their, uh, bad takes on things. And I, I, I guess I really wish that Bobcat would have done more, um, like played with ideas more of this, uh, as he did in previous movies. But again, also like Bruce, um, I didn't like it too much when I first saw it. And I liked it a lot more now because of all the all the character stuff going on. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it captures all the character stuff. It captures it pretty much as you would expect that would happen um, with these two characters going on this uh, journey together. Um, also, uh, the two main characters, they have both been in Bobcat movies. Um, I believe they were both in one. Uh, they were both in... Uh, um, God bless America, but this was the first movie 
that they appeared on screen too. Like this is the first movie they actually met each other in. So they were both in a Bobcat Goldthwait movie. Not only were they both in one, but they were both in one together. But this was the first one that came after that. That was the first time they met each other, which I thought was kind of neat. Um, and, has yeah, nothing and- to do with Bobcat Goldthwait. It's just a fun little trivia thing. Yeah, Willow Creek, it's also really, in many ways, when we're talking about verite filmmaking, found footage stuff, that's ultimately you're just watching this couple yeah. and you're wondering if they're going to experience Bigfoot or whatever's out there in the forest. You will get your answer by the third act. And I think if you just follow those steps, you're going to enjoy it. You know it's indie filmmaking. And I, I also like the sort of the man in the street kind of filmmaking, the people they get to come across. They don't feel like extras. They feel like people who actually live in the town. And I really enjoyed that as well. I think this is baseline for me. This is a, rec- a strong recommend. Not a strong recommend, but a recommend. It's on Tubi. Yeah. This is, it hits all of those things that the genre affords. I really, going back to Bruce's situation regarding the, uh, the tense, the extended tense sequence, the third act for me was a, was a banger. So overall, this movie for me, Willow Creek, three and a half stars. Eric Holmes, are you going to say? Oh, that, yeah, this is probably about three and a half stars on this one, too. This is Bobcat kind of swinging below his weight. Um, he can do way better than Willow Creek. But at the same time, I, I believe I, uh, cause he used to come on Todd and Tyler a lot. This was back in Omaha. Uh, Todd and Tyler was a morning radio show. Um, and I think this was just something he wanted to do for fun. So, you know, hey, I want to do a, I want to do a Blair Witch type movie, and he did, and he did, he did a good one. So yeah. you can't really fault him t- too much for that. It's a for me, it's a good jazz riff, right? It's a good yeah. jazz riff, and it, 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 it it's kind of like if uh, Michelangelo like decides to draw Ninja Turtles. Like it's, <laughs> you can do, but I, that's a good Ninja Turtle. And you set out to draw a Ninja Turtle, and that looks great. You are capable of much better than this, um, but. Yeah, for for what it is, it's it's a very good version of this. All right, three and a half for Eric, three and a half for me. What about you, Bruce? I think I'm right the same. Three and a half. I think it's really it's a good solid recommend. And I think if you're into uh found footage, it's it's a really fun one. Okay. Now the reason why I I, I selfishly put that up front because Sleeping Dog Slide, two thousand six, eighty seven minutes again. Bryce Johnson from Willow Creek is back here again, and he plays John, the boyfriend of this girl named Amy, played by Melinda Page Hamilton. Both of them are very terrific in this film. They're a loving couple, and who knows? Things are things are really looking up for them. They they may get married, but Amy, like Eric was uh, said in the past, when he, the aforementioned uh, incident, she actually performed. Uh, she she blew a dog. Let's face it, she blew a dog when she was. In college, maybe she was, I think she was 18, and it's a secret that maybe she should have kept a secret. Will she tell her boyfriend, John, about what happened? Also, Jeff Pearson is excellent as the father, and Benita Frederici is the mother, and the mother of Amy in this movie, the dad and mom, they're fantastic. Also, got to give props to Brian Poissane. He he has a really good good moment in this movie. There is some really interesting and Jack Plotnick as Amy's brother, near do well brother, Dougie or Doogie or du- let's just say Dougie. Look, it's a weird plot. It's a weird plot regarding the the dog and blowing it, but it's a, to me. What's really cool about this indie film is where it goes. You will never understand where it goes. And you're wondering halfway through, what's going on now? 
and it goes different, a completely different direction. The sad part of this for Sleeping Dog's Eye is a lot of people will not watch this movie because of the subject matter. But to me, it's a very highly evolved comedy. And yeah, I really, I was blown away by this. Bruce, your thoughts on Sleeping Dog's Lie? Well, uh, yes, absolutely. What you said, if, if you are holding off because of the, the, the tagline or the, the, the inciting incident, I guess you'd say, um, kind of let that go by you. Cause you could imagine it could be anything, right? It could be anything that someone has in their past that they kind of don't want to come out. Maybe they were in a porn movie at one point. Maybe they, you know, got, has a, have a prison record. I mean, there could be a lot of things you could have instead of this, but by choosing such a outlandish thing, it, it really accentuates that. All that being said, at its heart, this movie is just great relationship and family scene after great relationship and family scene. And there's so many, this is this, these certain kind of movies like this, where every time you start to see the scene, you're like, Oh God, I love the scene so much. And you want to watch it again. This is one of those movies, kind of like a Moonstruck or one of those kind of movies, same sort of thing. Believe it or not, it's, it's kind of at that level. It's much more low budget. It's a little like what you talk about rough around the edges because he's very indie in this movie, but there's so many great scenes. Perfect example. And I won't say what happens in the scene exactly, but there's a scene where the boyfriend is asking the dad for his blessings to ask her to marry him. <laughs> and he's out in the yard and the girl, the woman, you know, that blew the dog and her mom are inside and neither can hear the other side. And the one is inside the kitchen window looking out. The other ones are in the yard looking back and forth. And they're both having their separate conversations. Both of them are revealing a lot of things. Both of them are very entertaining. And there's dinner scenes that are really entertaining. There's there's just Dougie stuff that's great. It's very well written. Yeah. There's just scene after scene, which is just impressive. Um, and it's a little bit sweeter because I got to buy this DVD from some really sweet old ladies in Alabama at a library. And they had no idea what they were selling me. And I loved that even better. <laughs> Whoa. How much did you buy it for? A dollar. That's amazing. Wow. That's such a great buy. I, I definitely want to buy this DVD, Sleeping Dogs Lie. Eric, you're a writer at heart. Would, were you really surprised the first time you saw this movie where it went on a story level? And is that one of the reasons why you love Sleeping Dogs? I'm assuming you love Sleeping Dogs Lie. So I'm going to bring up uh, Todd and Tyler again. I was not surprised uh, because the first time I heard them talking about it, they were talking with Bobcat about it. So I kind of knew um, to... Uh, knew that it was going to be a lot more thoughtful going in. So I wasn't like, holy crap, this is, you know, really thoughtful. I, I knew that going in, but that's because I heard him talking about it. But uh, what I got watching it this time, and I, I guess I got it the first time, but I wasn't really thinking about it too much. But this time watching it, um, and this is what Bobcat does great, is the, the theme of the movie, um, a lot of movies like this, is the truth will set you free. Just be open and honest. And this movie posits that no, don't. <laughs> you don't you don't owe people that. Um, because they're just gonna judge you. They're gonna use it against you and fuck them. Um sometimes sometimes you just gotta keep stuff close to the vest and you don't have to feel obligated to uh open your life up to everybody if you don't feel comfortable doing it. If you want to, go for it. And if not, then uh don't. Um, and just know that a lot of times if you do, uh, people will judge you and be assholes and, you know, not everyone's going to be like that. And 
but I, I I liked that this kind of took the theme of that and kind of maybe it's a more cynical approach, but I also think it's a more realistic approach, um, which sucks to say uh, because like with so many, not just blowing dogs, but just anything um, anyone could be uh, hiding from people or in the closet about, um, you know, you kind of, thing you would want to say is come out you know just be honest about it and it'll be okay and then you can you know you can just be yourself and tell the truth um but also it's fair warning because there's fucking some people are shitty like they they say they'll be open to things and maybe they're not so i i don't know that that's a great message but i think it's an honest one and uh i think this movie kind of tackles that whole thing really well yeah, well, I mean, look, it's not a spoiler what you just said right now. The movie's titled Sleeping Dogs Lie. It's not called Blown Dogs Lie. It's called Sleeping Dogs Lie. Sometimes in life you have to It's let kind sleep. of a double entendre too. Right, you got to you got to let know. sleeping dogs lie. You got to let right. things Sometimes yeah. you got to lie. <laughs> Sometimes you got to lie. And, and the original title I think it was Stay. And that's a double entendre as well. So, yeah, this is uh this is Bobcat at the top of his form, you know, top form, Goldthwait and uh yeah, is a lot of his movies. There's a part. There's a part in this movie where you think it's going somewhere, and like I said, we're talking about jazz rips. It just goes a completely different direction, and you're thinking, I don't. I think did the did Bobcat just decided he want to go here because wherever he's going, it's an interesting direction, and I had no idea how this movie would end up till the very end. I was surprised by it. So for me, Sleeping Dogs Lie is a, a very wonderful, a wonderful accomplished film, even with the rough around the edges thing that you were saying, Bruce. To me, eventually it starts off as rough around the edges, but that shaggy dog nature of it wins me over. This, for me, Sleeping Dogs Lie gets four and a half stars. Bruce, your rating on Sleeping Dogs Lie. I think I'm four and a half stars too. Yep. Wow. Okay. Eric Holmes? Uh, this one's five stars for me. Um, other than uh, Willow Creek, I think a lot of his movies are five stars for me. Uh, this Shakes a Clown, uh, God Bless America, absolutely world's greatest dad. Um, yeah, that's and a great he, movie. He's just, uh, yeah, he's just uh, uh, kind of unsung a little bit. I think the people that know, know, but the people that don't, like, um, I mean, it's, I don't think many people are thinking of him as the crazy guy from the police academy movies nowadays. Um, just cause we're in 2022 and I don't think the, the movies kind of lasted as long as he, maybe they, people would have thought they would in the eighties, but you know what though? Uh, he should be thought of a, as a filmmaker yeah. that you can trust your movie on. He is. And, and he's done a lot of TV. Uh, I mentioned a couple, couple weeks ago about Ben Roy. Uh, he was on that TV show, those who can't. And Bob Goldcat Goldthwaite directed a couple episodes of that, and uh, among other TV shows. And I think uh, I can't remember. He did a stand up. He directed like a stand like so. He's he's a journeyman director as well. Um, and I think that comes from the what we talked about. Uh, what I talked about, like the Sydney Limit thing, where he knows when to get out of the way. Um, cool. You know, when it comes to his writing, he's full on Bobcat. But when he comes to directing, it's what does this need? I'm going to just do what it needs and not uh, throw in my own little egotistical flourishes. I'm just going to give the, you know, I'm just going to play the drum beat that needs to get, make the song sound the best it can. Okay. So that is our director spotlight on Bobcat Goldthwait. That was a choice of Eric Holmes. Before we go, Bruce, yet again, can you reiterate your choice for next week, the movie we're going to see and the filmmaker you're going to spotlight? 
Uh, we're going to do Larissa Shapitko, a Russian filmmaker. She died, I think, really close to 1980. She Her last film is The Ascent, 1977. And if anything, this will probably be more of a director spotlight of a, wow, what could have been? Because when you see this movie as her last movie, you wonder what other movies she might have made in the next 20 to 30 years after that. Yes. Wow. Interesting. So I'm going to be very depressed next week. Thank you for, for that. I'm going to see a great movie and then we're going to rue the day. We're, 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 we're going to want some more movies that will never happen. Thanks. Well, Bruce. I'm not going to say the movie wouldn't totally depress you either. It's, like, <laughs> it's not like a lighthearted movie. Let's put it that when you find out what the ascent is, you will understand. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening again. Uh, check us out next week when we do when we do the ascent, and tell us what you think of these Bobcat movies. Or are there any other? Type? Hit up Eric Holmes at hamslime at gmail dot com. Or if you want to send him screeners that don't exist, hamslime <laughs> at gmail dot com. Tell him what you think of all these wonderful Bobcat Goldthwait movies. Again, hamslime at gmail dot com. And we will see you guys very very soon. Thanks for listening. All right, so it's uh, uh, I Carpetian. Is that correct? Yeah, Carpetel, yeah, yeah. All right, well, uh, thanks for joining me today. Um, first of all, I, I guess, so I watched uh, uh, Squeal uh, this weekend, and then I uh, went and uh, I was so impressed by it, I went and started going through your filmography, uh, watched The Man in the Orange Jacket, and then First Born last night, and you have a very uh, a very complete, like, like lots of movies have themes, but you seem to get really uh, complete with that. Uh, you seem to have a uh, fun kind of. Uh, I don't even know how to ask the question, but uh, do you uh, approach your stories with a theme first, or story, and then wrap the theme around it? I uh, I'm uh, more. I start with environment. Actually, I'm uh, I'm more. I start with environment, and then the story, and then the characters. But uh, environment is the first place for me. Yeah. All right. Where did the where did the theme cause the theme that I picked up from uh, uh, Squeal was uh, just kind of the theme of freedom and that it almost it felt like a freedom as currency. You have this much freedom and you have to pay it to get certain comforts or uh, yeah. uh, what what was your thoughts on that? For me, it was more about the how the love makes us refuse from uh, the freedom. Uh, if you want to be a really free man, you can't have, you shouldn't have a family, kids, children. Uh, and, uh, and also you should be free from responsibility because responsibility and love is the two aspects which make you a slave. Not in a bad way or in a good way, but I mean you are dependent. For example, if you have, do you have kids? Uh, uh, I live with my brother and sister, and they have kids, so I guess by proxy, I do too. Yeah, so it means that you are dependent. For, 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 you are, you, you are, you know, you can't refuse. You, if, I have two kids. I uh, when I got uh, first kid, I understood that that's all. I I will never be uh, that free man. I mean, not only in terms of uh, my choices, what I'm doing in uh, normal life, but I mean emotional freedom. Yeah. You'll be some, for example, I'm here in LA. Uh, yesterday I arrived here in LA and uh, I, I think about my kids. I miss them. So it means that uh, emotionally I'm not a free man. 
I'm uh, I'm I'm attached to them forever. I'm their slave. This is about yeah. what the, is about the film. But that's also kind of about choice too. Like uh uh you know the char- well I don't want to give away too much, but a, a character makes a choice, and uh, actually all the characters make the choice, and we all make choices. We uh you know it's it's worth it giving away the freedom because this thing that I'm trading my freedom for brings joy or substance to my life. Whereas for other people, that same choice may not be. And in fact, the main character of this, uh, he got his freedom taken from him. You know, he's, you know, chained by it and getting it doled out little by little. Um, and then, it's yeah, a- I won't get any more in that because that'll be spoilers, but uh, it, it's very interesting that that character's journey. I think the key quote in the film is when she says to him, if you want to be happy, you, you must obey. This is a very, uh, I think it's a very, very important, important thing, especially what is going on in the world. There are like big societies which are ready to be obeyed, but to be happy, to be slaves, but to be happy slaves. Uh, it means, but what, what means happiness? It means Security and food. Yeah. We have these two aspects. You can be controlled, you can be obeyed. If for you, these two things are crucial and most important. I, I feel like uh, this movie kind of uh, tricked me in sort of a Norwellian thing because I'm reading 1984 and it's like freedom is slavery. And then I'm watching this, I'm like, oh, yeah, I can see that. This is what is going on, for example, in Russia or. You see, it's like the same. Also, the war is not a war. Um. So, the uh, firstborn. I I watched that. That that movie blew me away. That I, I watched that last night, and I'm just kind of going through it. And that that one's got uh the guy's got emasculated, and he's constantly trying to uh. And you did it with Squeal too. Like the guy's getting emasculated, and then he meets up with the hunter, and it's like that might not be the worst thing ever because you're, you know, it's like a self-preservation thing. And I really like how in your movies that you don't really, you bring up an idea, but you don't judge the characters for it. It's just, this is what you're doing and this is what you're doing. And they're all just different. I think it's uh, more about, you know, this is a process which you can't resist. You uh, you don't have enough power to change. It's like it happens and it happens. And uh, uh, for example, for the uh, last four years, we are talking about uh, women characters. And now there are like a lot of many, many movies when the main character is a woman. And we see how uh, this... Uh, tendency is get speculated by some producers, you know, and they make like a pointless films and in every script, the woman is getting raped or humiliated or whatever, but uh, nobody talks about the man. Of course, it's one of the reasons why maybe my films are not going to be very successful because I'm, I'm more, uh, I know the man, I don't understand the women, but it doesn't mean that I judge them. It's like, uh, uh, I'm uh, I'm trying to solve uh, to to have uh, some answers to my questions for myself, not for other people. And the firstborn, it was yeah, it was the attempt the attempt to do it. And I don't know if I succeeded. Uh, this film was after this 
movie, I had like a very long frustration and depression on uh, on my on my on my profession because I I wasn't so happy about the result of the film, and uh, and uh, I think that this topic wasn't developed enough in the film. For example, the man with the orange jacket and uh, the squeal are my, in my opinion, are my two best films. Yeah. Well, I, the, I gotta I still gotta get through uh, people out there. It can that be found anywhere? Because I, I had trouble finding that one. I don't think we didn't have international distribution. Oh, okay. That's unfortunate. Um, it's but, very uh, realistic. It's a very realistic film about social issues. My only film about the real world the other films are <laughs> about the created world well I, I think you do talk about like even samuel's travels it's uh or uh, i'm sorry i keep calling it that but uh, squeal um it, it's uh it plays like a uh, uh a fairy tale uh mostly due to the music and like the cinematography but it it speaks on it speaks about certain themes that uh, with a freedom that we don't often look at we think freedom, oh, I'm going to be free, but we don't look at it in the nuanced way that this film uh, portrays. Yeah, but it's a more philosophical question. What, what means freedom? What is freedom? Yeah. Very, uh, I think you can live uh, in a very unsecured and uh, maybe prison kind of country, but to, be, uh, to have uh, inner freedom. And um, I don't know. I mean, I mean... I mean, it's a freedom. It's a very abstract question and uh, term, and every human being understands by himself. For one, it's it's uh, freedom means uh, to have a chance to travel around. For another, is to have a choice. For third, is to vote. For fourth, so it means that. Uh, but there are like a basic, basics, basic uh, like uh, explanation of what freedom is, and you can like read. The ancient Greek philosophers or whatever they explain very detailed what is freedom. So the uh it looks like uh on the IMDB it says yet untitled film. Um what what are uh what are some of the themes or ideas or stories you got cooking up with that? It's about the family, it's small, uh very low budget film, what I shot in twelve days because of budget. And now we are in post-production and it's a story about the family who is struggling with insects and they start to battle, to, to fight with each other by revealing secrets about each other. Yeah. So what, what kind of inspires you for uh, stuff like this? Because uh, like, like I mentioned before, a lot of your films are different than most in the approach, but uh, what, what's some uh, inspiration you get that uh, comes out in your work? For example, for last for last film, what I just told about, uh, we had the situation. Uh, I, I remember the day; it was a Christmas day. With my wife, we had like a big fight, and we didn't speak to each other for a week. And uh, we started to prepare for a family dinner, uh, Christmas dinner, and the apartment. We started to clean up the apartment. I'm living in a good neighborhood. And then one moment I just noticed that on the ceilings there are like uh, worms, a lot of worms crawling on the ceiling of, uh, of our kitchen. And my kids were very small. And uh, we together started 
to clean the ceilings from the worms. And I remember I thought that, okay, it's, uh, these worms made me and my wife to talk to each other because we were connected with one one goal and uh, and uh, it, it became like an idea okay I, I wanted to make uh, to write a very small budget, budget film and it was uh, a good trigger to start developing the idea about family and insects in, uh, in, in, at home well, I certainly look forward to seeing it because uh, I'm, I'm impressed so far of what I've seen and uh, I look forward to seeing everything everything you do um I guess I got one last question. This is just like a normal uh, thing, but uh, my co-host Bruce, uh, he has a uh, a box that he puts uh, movie recommendations in. And I would want to know if there's a movie that you would like to put in the box um, that you can draw from and watch later on down the road. Uh, maybe like a lesser seen movie that you like, or maybe something from your childhood or just something uh, you think more people should see. A good question. Okay, uh, maybe um, uh, I'm, I'm I'm just uh, not a good advisor about new films, but uh, Barry Lyndon. Barry Lyndon. Stanley uh, Kubrick. Uh, Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, Noire by Alain Cournot film, and uh, and Point Blank maybe by John Burman. All right. Those are those are great. Those are great uh, uh, selections. Sorry, but uh, and I think that is it. Sorry, my brain's just my brain's going a thousand miles a minute. But uh, th- I appreciate you coming on to talk to me, and I look forward to hearing you on the uh, on the next one. Did you have a name for the untitled film yet, or oh, not yet? Or are you just gonna call it yet untitled film because that might be a good title for the film? Untitled insect film, maybe. <laughs> There you go. But uh, uh, thank you very much for joining me and hope to talk to you on the next one. Thank you.